0: The Mac Observer's Mac Geek app number 440 for Sunday, March 10th, 2013.
1: And welcome to the Mac Observers, Mac Geek Cab, the show where you send in questions, tips, and cool stuff found. We share your questions and tips. We squirrel away the cool stuff found until such time as we're just going to throw it out at you, and that might happen next week. But for today, it's questions and tips, perhaps a couple of rants. I'm Dave Hamilton here in Durham, New Hampshire.
0: Um, and here, um fearful
1: connecticut along with the
0: squirrels we use actual squirrels to squirrel away th- those things ah um, very smart john f braun
2: <laughs> you know i hear even a blind squirrel okay hey, everybody uh pilot pete here <laughs> and i'm in durham with dave thanks for having me guys appreciate being here it's nice having
1: you back pilot pete yeah. it's been too long yeah well uh Gosh, I don't even know where to start, John. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm just going to start at the. You know what I'm going to start with? This is driving me crazy. I can't even get to the freaking agenda because I have this updates available window sitting in front of me here on my computer. You, you, you know what oh, I'm you talking need, about? I, I think. Do it. Okay, so if I'm running Mountain Lion <laughs> yeah. here, uh, and this drives me crazy, I have Notification Center running, right, uh, as one does, and uh, software update. For the app store and in the system, you know, software update is all combined into the app store now. And it seems like every time I sit down at this computer, I get an updates available window. And sometimes I want to do it and sometimes I don't. And so, A, I have two problems with this. A, uh, right now is a bad time for this. Okay, I'm in the middle of a show. Uh, It's a good thing it's this show and it's part of the content. But otherwise, it would really be an interruption as I'm sure many of you listeners are realizing it is right now. Uh, and so there's two problems with this. There's two buttons on it. One says details and one says update. Where is the go away? I don't want you right now. Button. That doesn't oh. exist. So I'm going to, oh, I'm going to share a red close. Yeah, place. there's not right. Yeah. Some intuitive thing. It's not intuitive, but what you can do is grab it and toss it to the side and it will go away, but it will come back and it'll probably come back at some point again during the show. So, uh, John, have you figured out how to make this particular thing less frequent, or uh, you know? uh, I don't know
2: how to make it less frequent, but don't if you touch Notification Center and turn it back off, won't it go away? Oh, just like going here. If you just no, if you just click the icon in the top right of your.
1: OK, yeah, go, th- it slides that notification that center
2: in. in and then t- tap it away. It, t- it should take it back out. Yeah, but I print. think
1: what I want to do is go in there and find the one for the app store and hit the X on it. Yes. And then maybe that will make it go away for good or at least until the next update comes in. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's going to drive me crazy throughout you just the whole update show. Update your machine, Dave. You wouldn't you wouldn't have to take well, care of it. I mean, you like now's it. a bad time, Pete. You know, I sit down, I come in to do the show, and it's like, oh, I've got a lot of tasks for you. It's like, yeah, yeah. no, you don't. Yeah. You are my tool. Yeah. You know, this is this is <laughs> you know not what? a two way
0: street. <laughs> That's right. You know, Dave, I bet you there has to be a way to do this. Because looking here, so if you look in the software update system preference, the level of granularity is pretty much zero. It's well, I know automatically check for updates, or you uncheck it. If yeah. you check it, you get some additional uh, ways to fine grain uh, the behavior, and there's also a button saying "Check Now." But, but what I would know, like, what I recall is, uh, uh, yeah, and I think I see where you're going here is that you should be able, and I believe you can, if if you uh, know how to edit the right files, I believe you can schedule when this happens. This, because I seem to recall this using Little Snitch or something, is that I'll see the task come up, so somebody somewhere has to be scheduling this task, right? Right. Yeah, hopefully but here's a standard mechanism. So if you can get into that similar to like time machine editor and things like that, where sure. it appears that you can't schedule it. But if you have the right utility that knows what to change in some plist file, then you can. So I wonder if maybe there is a something out there. That
1: but, but so there should be a thing, though. If I go into system preferences, notifications, right, that's where I can customize my notification center. And right. in there are options for a lot of things. And most of them are Apple apps, photo stream, mail. Um uh, games center calendar, and then i 've got things like transmit, uh, which I use for FTP and colloquy, uh, which we use for the chat and hello to everyone in the chat room i 'll take a moment and say hello to everybody in the chat room Now you can do the chat at maccap dot com slash stream or you can use colloquy to get to ir uh com which is what John and I do, or at least I do during the show. I've got one for connected desktop, which is the thing for the transporter, which we're going to talk about because uh, they're one of the sponsors of today's show uh filetransporter.com dot com slash MGG. I'll just throw that in there. But um, but, you know, and it, but there's nothing you, you heard me just rattle off a long list of things I found. None of them said software update. Yeah. No app store, Nothing. no app yeah. store, nothing. So there's no way to turn this off. That's crazy. I bet it's in a com.apple. Yeah, but it's
2: file somewhere in there. It shouldn't. It shouldn't do this. You know what? There's these two guys. They they have this podcast. I bet they'll have the Oh, um, Never mind. This is a clean show,
1: Pete, so I can't tell you what I wanted to say. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah, no, Pete's right. We should be able to get the answer for this. So I was kind of hoping, John, that you had uh, that, you know, you're you're like me. You know, you don't like these distractions, although maybe you do. So I don't know. But uh, who's the little?
0: it came up today. There was a Java update and two app updates, but it didn't come up at a bad time. So I
1: guess I'm just not cursed like you are. Right. Right. Well, you know, the thing is, for me, the only time I use this computer is once a week during the show. And it just like I, I I want to do not disturb, and I guess there is Don't, one, but it's not. I can't set it. I can't schedule it with the calendar, right? But I can do no. not disturb it. But I I gotta like make my dock go away because my dock hides all my my stuff yeah. at the bottom. That's just crazy. I can't live like this, John. This is. No, I not found good. this. Article I'm going to Windows, here. man. That's it.
0: Oh. <laughs> hey, Windows Seven isn't bad. I like it. So uh, Windows Eight, on the other hand, nah. Yeah. but um. Actually, I don't know if you uh, saw the thing I just pasted. Uh, I do I see
1: an article you have in the chat
0: scheduling software update by this uh, Christopher Breen fellow I know that guy I know a keyboard player named Christopher Breen
1: yeah yeah I've I've seen him play he's pretty good yeah there's 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 a great video from Cirque de Mac actually from this year coming up uh, that really features Chris of uh, the version we did a feeling all right but I mean the sound is good I I saw a preview of it uh, that Wally Traminski's putting together so um, we will certainly tweet that out when that happens but anyway go ahead John I'm clearly in ADD mode today, so go.
0: Well, this article just suggests there is a file that, uh, you know, like we thought, you can edit here that may change the scheduling of the uh, update. So
1: yes. right. somebody in the chat room says, uh, uh, I can disable notification center by option clicking the icon. So that is true. So that turns off all notifications for the duration of. Oh, it does. Look at that. Yes. And, uh, oh, and that turns it off for 24 hours. Uh, and it's weird if you option click it and then open notification center, you have this cool, this is a great tip. Uh, you have this cool little thing at the top that says show alerts and, b- and banners and it's off and you can slide it to on and it says it be mine is off now. And it says we'll resume tomorrow. But the thing is, if I turn it back on and then close notification center and open it, I don't see that unless it looks I like scroll it st- up. It looks like it stays mm. on. It's yeah. yeah. So I turn it off and it'll resume tomorrow. So that's great. That's excellent. Awesome. That's Dancy in the chat room. That's Brilliant. Dancy. Dancy. In the, yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 Dancy too. Dancy too. Well, you know, I think he had a problem with his name or his login <laughs> or something. I'm guessing it's uh, one of
2: those iOS guys.
1: Limited. Yeah. What? There's dancing in the chat room. What? Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, buddy. Here we are. Squirrel. Uh, speaking of squirrels, uh, I don't know why I said that. Uh, let's get to the questions. Hey, uh, name I, Colin. I have a I have a tip actually to share from from listener Greg, who writes. Uh, and he's calling it a cool stuff found, but I call it a tip. He says, I didn't know that this was a feature of iOS six. You can delete all those annoying uh, res- recent recipients from iOS mail. Now, this did not used to be something that one could do. But uh, but Greg found a Lifehacker article that talks about how to do this. And when you go to create a new message and start typing, it lists all of those recipients that are in your thing. Well, you can float down all the way to the bottom of that list and it'll say recent and you can tap it and and then there's a a thing, a, a little option. If You tap the little blue arrow. There's a little option that says remove from recents. So uh, we will put that link in the show notes for you and for us because that's how uh, that's how we roll. So uh, well, what did I do here? I did something very wrong. Okay. Hang on. Oh, I guess I don't have text expander running on this machine. See, I was trying to add it to our show notes, so. Uh you guys caught me. We're all editing these show notes together. We have if you if you join us in the chat room at MacGeub.com slash stream, you can uh you can actually help do the show notes with us, which is fun. So it's good stuff. And and actually we like it. Oh man, it's just not working at all. All right. My text expander snippet is uh is failing me for these. Not sure why, but that's how it's working. There it is. So, uh, let's see. I think it's my turn. It is your turn. Go ahead, John. All right. We have
0: something from James. Hey, John and Dave, or Dave and John. (laughs) Episode 43, a listener reported an issue with his Mac not saving or updating time settings when using his Mac. One method that hasn't been mentioned was to pull the local time file from ETC on the user's uh, root volume. This was an intermittent issue that I saw all the way back from Leopard users that were upgrading from Tiger. Let me know if this helps. And we have an article here that talks about it. But I looked on my machine here, Dave, and apparently this is something that is is buried in inside of many versions of Unix and Linux. It is. That's right. Um, in my case, what I found, I looked just on one of my machines here. If I looked at that file or actually did a directory um, in ETC of just that file here, it would come up with, uh, let's see, it looks like a link, actually. So so the, the, the listing begins with L, then RWXR. So I think it's a link. And local time actually links to user share zone info. Uh, America, New York, which is my time zone on that one machine. So apparently somebody may still be using that to link to what the correct time zone should be. And if it's wrong, then well, that, that certainly could explain maybe not so much (laughs) that situation where the date was like three weeks off, but, uh, interesting. Certainly, certainly something to try. So whack that file.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That file actually is just, it's not a file. It's a link. It and is a link, okay, right, and so what what happens is uh, and this happens in all versions of Unix, but certainly Mac OS ten or OS ten, as we're supposed to call it now, uh there's a folder elsewhere that uh lists every time zone that your flavor of Unix knows about, and this file is a link to the appropriate file there, so you can reference Etsy local time and know that you're getting whatever the system has set as its local time zone. Um, and, but of course, if that's pointed the wrong place or pointed to nowhere, then that can be an issue. So anyway,
0: yeah, mine's so. dated February 23rd, which I believe is around when I reinstalled the OS. So, uh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. So if you do a directory and it's old or like you said, not there. And it's funny uh, the different vision versions of Unix make it either a link. Some use it. Some, I think it's a text file and okay. So no, it's a good tidbit. And we'll have another, I think, a uh, date, date, time mystery uh, solved yeah. later
1: on. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, we will. Yeah. My local time thing uh, points to uh, users share zone info, America, Montreal. Go figure. What? I, I have it set that like Boston is my closest city. You, you better get back to America, pal. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I don't know if we can have you pointing to Canada. Well, on. you know, it's all right. Um. Interesting. Uh, where are we here? Interesting question came up uh, from the corrupted one. Uh, it says my dad and I have been uh, reading about the recent Java exploits and naturally it scared me a lot. So I researched it. I got my MacBook Pro and it came with Mountain Lion, which from your site I hear does not come with Java. So here's where we got confused. Whenever I go to the terminal and type Java space dash version, I see one dot six dot underscore four one. It was underscore three seven before I uh, made the uh, updated to OS, the the Java update this week. Uh, Is that the version of Java that the exploits have been exploiting? Or is it the one that makes the Java preferences file in utilities or the Java manager thing in system preferences? Because I do not have either of those, which I assume means that I, I do not have that flavor of Java because Mountain Lion, again, doesn't come with it. My only question is, if I have the Java that Terminal tells me about and none other, Am I at risk for these security problems recently? Uh, I have my web Java checkbox unchecked just in case also just because I'm curious which version is made by Apple and Oracle, the version in terminal or the version that makes the files in system Pref's utilities and so on and so forth. Okay. So, uh, this is a good question. And, and I know there's a lot of people out there asking about it because it's very, very confusing. Uh, John Modelero at TMO did two great articles that we will put in the show notes without uh, without post haste. We will put them there, in fact. But uh, but in, in essence, yes, there are two versions of Java that you can easily have installed on your Mac. You could probably have more. But uh, but if you just in the normal course of things, you would have one that would be accessible by the command line or by applications like something like CrashPlan or something like that. That's the one that run that you see when you run the terminal command to see the Java version. That is not the one that most of all of these exploits have gone after. However, the one that the exploits go after is the one that's available via plugin in in your web browser. The one at the command line typically on most Macs is going to be version 1.6 or in Java speak Java 6. The one in your web browser is or should be if you're using it at all. Java one point seven, or again in Java speak, Java seven, and and you want the latest versions of both of these. But if you don't have one installed in your browser as a plugin, then you are, I would say, John, you correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm, I know you do a lot with Java, but uh, I would say you are, you know, way better than ninety five percent safe from all of the exploits that you're reading about because they're all targeting the browser,
0: Mister Braun. That's that's my understanding. Okay. And, and, and yeah, and so as pointed out here, there's two different places to go, and I, I checked my system. Yep. And like you, I think we're set up similar. So if I went to the terminal and typed java space dash version, yep. it said 1.6.0 underscore three, which I believe is the latest uh, okay. uh, system version. And then the uh, plugin version, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Now, one, if you have the J- uh, Java installed, you'll have a system preference uh, under other called java and if you click on that it'll then open a java control panel
1: that will give you version information not necessarily it depends on how you installed it if it was installed I auto- I, automatically right. by the os like if you if you downloaded something like CrashPlan and it said hey wait you need java i don't believe you're going to have a java thing in your system preferences um,
0: no no i uh, that's there because i installed i believe i installed the uh, oracle one right so. right so now I have. Uh, so, so this is a, a way to to view the other version, which is if you have a Java system preference. Yep. Um, you can go to it, and it will uh, let you view the uh, the the version, which in this case, you know, again, as pointed out here, uh, is Java seven.
1: Uh, One point uh, seven. Version. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Why what do they, they do that? Here, the way? If I say view, I don't know. It's dumb. 1.7.0 underscore one seven is the uh the I believe the latest uh
1: browser version. So those are the two that I have here. So you do run one in your browser, John? Oh, it's there. Oh yeah, I so therefore you run one. Yeah. I I am just surprised you as Mr., you know, you are you're typically of the two of us, you're more security focused than me. And uh and I've turned them all off in my browser. It's like to heck with it. I don't need that stuff.
2: hmm And if you want
1: instructions for all this stuff, again, we've got links in the, in the show notes from those articles that, uh, Mr. Martellaro did for us because he's the man when it comes to this stuff, he'd spend a lot of time figuring it all out and, and most importantly, translating it into human, uh, because this stuff gets, it can get really complex because of the two different versions that you you just got to keep them separate in your head. So anyway, do we have more on this, John, or are we good? No,
0: I think he, oh, and well, the last way you can check is actually if you go to java.com, they actually have a button you can click on that will tell you from the browser what version uh, the browser sees or so they have some sort of browser plugin that will say, hey, here's the version you're running. So that's another way. And actually, you know, that's a that's a good way if you do want to install Java, despite everybody trying to terrify you. Um, (laughs) So you go to java.com, then they have a thing saying, do I have Java. And then you click verify Java version. It may ask for uh, as, as you probably want it to. The Java may say, hey, somebody's trying to run some Java stuff here. Is that cool? Um, or if you permitted that, then it'll let you. And eventually it'll tell you the version that you're running. So, oh, look at that. In this case. Okay. They've done it again. Apple likes disabling Java because on my, <laughs> on my podcast machine, I just went to this page and it says to use the applet from Java.com. You need to download the Java plugin. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. Well, That's Apple right. keeps Apple's pulling turned it this off thing. Right. Well, when Apple isn't happy with what's happening with Java, they'll typically disable that component within the operating system. Right. Which I think it's rather heavy handed myself, but hey. Yeah. They're looking yeah. out for you because I, I would argue that, yeah, I mean, the, the number of people that can be harmed by a Java exploit versus the number of people that need to run Java. Uh, yeah, I think they're making the right choice. People who need to damage. run it
2: know enough to get around
0: yeah, yeah like right, to man, click on the doing. button yeah. when they see it saying download the the java thing and make sure you know it it's almost chicken little i mean it's not like the world is ending because all of a sudden there's a java i mean you still got to go to a site that has an exploit and i i don't know if you know people are just peppering websites everywhere with
1: java exploits i don't know we certainly don't do that at tmo so yeah, not that, I, not that not that, you're willing to admit to. <laughs>
2: no, hey, wait a minute. Wait,
1: when did I become Why, the bad guy? Oh, no, not you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, our first sponsor for this show is Connected Data. I mentioned him before. Uh, Filetransporter.com slash MGG is the place to go. Uh, but these are the folks that are making this device that you've probably heard about, possibly from us, possibly elsewhere, called the uh, Transporter. This is Personal Cloud. Uh, And what does that mean? you get to have a little device? It is a little device that you put at your house or office. You plug it into your uh, router via Ethernet, or you can do it via Wi-Fi with an optional Wi-Fi adapter. Uh, But you're better off doing Ethernet because it probably doesn't matter uh, location wise where this is. It just you just put it at your router and then it sits on your network. You install some software on your Mac similar to Dropbox software, but whereas Dropbox syncs your content amongst all your Macs and leaves a copy up at the cloud, whoever, wh- wherever that may be. The file transporter uh syncs a copy of your data amongst all your Macs. And the cloud is the transporter box or it's actually a little it's a dome shaped sort of thing. It's kind of cool looking, actually. Uh, But that's where the cloud lives. That's it. It's in your house. So Uh, you don't have to worry about your data going to anybody else unless you want to share it with them. And then you can configure that too. But this device is personal cloud. You can get at it obviously from within your network, but you can also get at it from outside the network. And, uh, and when it gets really cool is uh, you can share it with other people. So like John and I, it just so happens we each have a transporter, but we have a Mac folder that we share between us. Now we could do it whether or not, both of us had transporters. We only need to have one, but uh, of course it's a little easier if we both have one because now we both have local copies on our networks, but we take uh you know, when we prep all your questions, we, uh, if I prep your question, I make it into a PDF. If John preps your question, he makes it into a PDF. We both populate this one shared folder that we have with your PDFs. And then magically, just like it would happen with Dropbox, but uh, with our transporters, Shares them on all our machines. So I go to my laptop and it's there. I go to my desktop machine in the office. It's there. I go to the, the come, come up to the studio. It's here. And John gets the same experience on his end. Uh, so pilot Pete doesn't yet have his transporter. It's on um, the way. He Thursday. ordered, right? That's right. He ordered his, but he could install the software. I could share the folder with him and you could still sync it. You'd just be syncing from mine as opposed to from your right, transport. Right, okay. That's all. So yes. it very, very easy to use. No and firewall ports to configure. It figures all that out for you. Ah, beautiful. Yep. Kind of like Skype. Just smart. C- kind of like Skype. Kind of like Drop. I mean, it's all yeah. the same sort of she thing. Knows. It just yeah, it's a purpose-built device, and uh, and they're cheap. You can get them uh, without a hard drive for. I want to make sure I get my numbers right, but I, without a hard drive, I believe it's one ninety-nine, and uh, and then you can get it with a one or a two terabyte drive. And the one terabyte drive is two ninety nine inside the thing, so that that's your price. Or uh, mm-hmm. the transporter with a two terabyte drive is three ninety nine. And here's the deal: we can save you ten percent. Uh, so if you buy it through our link, which we said filetransporter.com dot slash m g g, and then use the coupon code m g g as well, that will get you ten percent off. So you know if you're buying one with a one terabyte drive, you just save, save thirty bucks. Uh, so there's no reason uh not to uh to, to check it out. They've got a 30 day money back guarantee, and uh, like I said, we really appreciate using the code. It not only does it save you 30 bucks, but it gets us credit for it, which shows them that their advertising works, and that's a good thing. Can I save them some time too?
2: Because when I ordered mine, yeah. I, I looked really hard to buy the one without the hard drive and find a two and a half inch two terabyte hard drive and put it in there, and with the Mac Geek Gap discount. I could not beat that price, even with the cheapest two-terabyte, two-and-a-half-inch drive that I could find. So buy.
1: you, like, looked on Amazon I, for another drive? I looked,
2: on, drive. Am- I looked yep. on Amazon and huh. Newegg and everywhere I could possibly think to find a two-and-a-half-inch uh, 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 SATA drive. And uh, with the Mac Geek Gap discount, I, yeah, I couldn't beat it. Huh.
1: That's good to know. So, yeah. Yeah, I, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. you're saving 40 bucks off the... Off yeah. the uh, the two terabyte version, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. I, mean, I got yeah, within two, five six six bucks, or but three sixty you know, rather, but uh, pff, perfect. But that's easy. this is easier. Yeah. It comes yeah. Yeah, with it installed. It's
2: installed, nothing to configure, nothing to mess with.
1: Ah, yeah. very cool. Now, Dave, so, did, yes, John. have you tried the? Uh, have you tried the uh, Windows file sharing yet? Uh yeah. I well, uh, yes, but I tried it inside of Parallels. Um, so I haven't done it on a Windows machine, but yeah, yeah, I did.
0: Okay. Yeah, one option that they have on the uh on the Mac side is you can also take the device and share it as a a Windows share
1: right uh, you know, oh ZIFs, whatever you want to call it that i've done yes it's an advanced option you have to go in and configure right. it but yeah then it appears in and you can just access it directly and not use the software if you want to go that route that's right uh, right yeah. so I, I
0: i was just trying that out and you know for for some uh installations mm-hmm. you know for people that you know maybe are you know just popping in or something that's like yeah okay here's a window share you know grab, grab what you need describe what you need so I, I so i like the flexibility uh you know because that goes beyond you know a couple other solutions and that it can do uh
1: You know, the cloud thing
0: and the local file share thing. I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One thing I liked, um, mine came with a hard drive in it, uh, but I wanted to see what that process was like. No screwdriver required at all. There is a tray that you use to put the hard drive in, but um, but the, the tray has little nubs on it that fit into the screw holes of the drive. So, but all you do is you sort of bend it around the drive and snap the little nubs in, and you're done. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. And, and, and That's that, good
0: design, not needing any tools. I mean, even to no, get to the drive, yeah. Yeah, you just you twist the top it. off to get to it, and then you you secure it back, and you know it's. Yep. Yeah. So it's really good design. I mean, just you know, some somebody at the start said, you know what, can we make it so you don't need tools?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. I'll stuff. tell you what. My my Dropbox renewal comes up on uh, Tuesday, and I justified. Part of the price of buying the two terabytes by dropping a hundred bucks off a of Dropbox next Tuesday, you know, it's right there. So there you go. I'm going to go back down to my free Dropbox account. Thanks guys. I mean, it was, it's a great service and they figured it out, but, yep. yeah. but
1: uh, why keep paying if you don't have to? That's right. That's right. com slash MGG. And of course your 10% off coupon, please use MGG for that. We'd appreciate it. And so would they. And so will you, because you save big bucks, 20, 30 or 40 bucks. Buy the bigger ones, save more. All right. Anyway, John, tell us about Michael.
0: (laughs) You would think that I had the question in front of me. I do. I would. If you uh, thought that, you'd be absolutely correct. So, (laughs) so Michael writes, hi, ever since. uh, Okay, that's not important. Question number one. Sorry, I didn't parse this properly. It was in front of me. All right, first question. I have several cousins who I'm weaning off Windows. Congratulations. Walk with them through iOS adventures ultimately culminate in the purchase of MacBooks. To that end, I started experimenting with using the OS X Mountain Lion Launchpad app as the main user interface for these poor, struggling uh, youth. (laughs) I don't know that other word. It looks... (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll have to look that up later. It looks and operates for the most part like an iOS tablet and phones with which they are gaining familiarity. Each app that now defaults to the dock can be found in Launchpad. And so why not downgrade the silly dock, make it disappear? The Launchpad becomes your home screen for app selection and the role of the dock becomes simply showing which apps are active at the time. There's just one kink in the process. when I'm ready to quit an application, what I need is for the quit process to trigger the redisplay of Launchpad ready for the next app selection. And he said, I can't find anything. So I think that's pretty much the end of that question. That's, that's I, it. Yeah. I, I wasn't I wasn't able to find much, Dave. Uh, I don't really use Launchpad, to tell you the truth, but I did look into it. And the only suggestion I have, it's kind of a hack, but I think it's better than nothing, is if you can introduce some uh, key press to bring up launchpad you can do that a i think actually it's already usually mapped to a certain key on the keyboard well, it is so it to is. find out what that is you want to go into system preferences hardware keyboard keyboard shortcuts and then under launchpad there should be one or more things listed there that that have to do with launchpad so i take a peek there and i know again it's a hack and i well it sounds like you one or both of you have a solution to this so that, but that's a place to start in general for you know trying to figure Uh, things out like this is uh, well just see if if the app in question has anything in the keyboard shortcuts that that could help you do what you want to do so handing the baton to you gentlemen up north the quick one
2: for the for (coughs) a laptop or if you've got a uh, magic trackpad is it's a five finger pinch to uh, call up launchpad comes up right away uh, if you take, if you, oh. yeah, if, and what's the other one is um, <clears throat> mission control. If you want mission control, you take four fingers and swipe from bottom to top and top to bottom to take mission control off. And then the, the launch pad and I never use these. I was just playing with the gestures to see what I could come up with. But, uh, yeah, take five fingers, put them on your trackpad, squeeze them together, and launchpad comes right up. If you've got that magic trackpad on your iMac, then that'll work, or your Mac Pro, I suppose. But
1: uh, otherwise, uh Control Control Space Bar is the keyboard shortcut oh, by default okay. to to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's the that's yeah. the easy way. Which doesn't work on the
2: on this control or command. Control.
0: Oh, what do I oh, yeah. see here? Sorry. Oh, mine is weird. On my one machine, it shows I think Carrot, which people? is Control. Yeah. Option. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's like everything. It's uh, no. I think it's all modifier keys and space. Okay. Let me see if that works. I'll do it now. Yep. Okay. So on my mini running uh, lion, that's the uh that'll do it. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that.
1: All right. Uh, I think he did have a second question that I'm going to I'm going to call an audible on and we'll do here. He says uh, right now I use a 2009 MacBook to share screen share into my brand new Mac Mini, which is co-located at a data center in the Midwest for just 29 bucks a month. Uh, All persistent data is stored and backed up in multiple cloud services. My software and OS 10 are backed up both as clones and using Time Machine and taking copies of the virtual machines off site. So here's my question. Doing things this way means that my 2009 MacBook is just a browser window into all my work. Would I, should I be able to spring for a Chromebook Pixel and swap out the MacBook and be able to run all my co-located server and keep running my Mac apps just as I do now? So this gets interesting. You'd have to use some sort of browser-based, right? Because the Chromebook Pixel will only run Chrome, right? uh you'd have to use some sort of browser based remote control thing and i think i think the um there there's a a log me in uh option for doing this and and if it and if log me in doesn't do it i think the uh what's the other one john help me with the the other browser based remote control options but i i think i think log me in is it does offer one so um Obviously you could set up a VNC server, uh that's just part of your uh, m- uh your Mac Mini, it's part of OS ten, but you're not gonna get there through uh, through uh with a with a Chromebook. So any 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 thoughts on that? I don't John? think we
0: did well no, I'm looking at this. So what what I, I heard of the Chromebook, so what what's their deal?
1: It it runs Chrome.
0: Well y- yeah, but what what's the OS? chrome that's it yeah all it does is run the chrome browser yes that's pretty stupid
1: (laughs) (laughs) really yeah wow that's what it does yeah Mm. but that's i mean that's their sorry
0: it's just my off the cuff
1: (laughs) (laughs) seriously yeah no apps well yeah but but they've they've all got to sit well, it is 240. Okay. Well, well, hey, for 249? Exactly. Well, no, right. still. Right. It's for 249. It's an enhanced well, actually, or limited yeah. tablet depending on how you want to look at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting idea, you I think, think. I think that's that's to me that's the most I can say about it is wow that's a that's a good i it's good to test the waters and I want well, to see me that now goes. in
0: that case this is where you know something we were just shaking our fist at before so if it can run things within a browser like Java right yeah now I don't know if it runs if it'll allow running Java stuff from within Chrome Chrome does yes so then there may be java based
1: remote access solutions that you could utilize so uh-huh. that, that'd be my thought but uh-huh. But yeah, they're not yeah. cheap. The problem is, it's you know, the, so the original Chromebook was really cheap, but the Chromebook Pixel is, I mean, it's like thirteen or four hundred, fourteen hundred bucks. So it, it, at that point, it sort of gets crazy. So, whew. yeah, but yeah. uh,
2: where I forget where I was hearing it recently too. Someone was talking about, you know, that's the future of computing. The CPUs will be will be nothing more than terminals, right? Which, on, which is what this guy's network. looking to do. No,
1: you yeah, yeah. remember
0: netbooks and whoever whoever predicted that was yeah. wrong. Oh, I would say people don't want uh,
1: netbooks. Oh, wait, wait, wait! Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Huh, huh, hey, huh. Hang on a minute, buddy. Uh, the MacBook Air falls into the classification of netbook, and I think it's it is by hands down the best laptop I've ever owned. The 11 inch Air, I love that thing. It is so versatile, and I it's easy to travel with. It it's uh, the battery lasts. It, it's got power. Yeah, that's the main thing. I think that it's f- got a CPU in it. Net, yeah. yeah, the CPU and i was, you know, not enough to run a calculator. Right. No, this the MacBook Air is awesome. I, I mean, no, of mine. no question. I've owned a lot of laptops and there's no question. This is the best one. It's also the smallest one. It's the yeah. only one I've ever sat on the couch and used. Uh, yeah. Well, it was about 18 months ago. I
2: upgraded, in quotes, from yeah. my from my MacBook Pro 13 to my MacBook Air 13 and didn't notice any real performance hit for what I do. I do a lot right. of video editing, that kind of stuff. Yeah, like to go to the 11-inch, but if I do that, then I won't have a justification to go to the iPad mini. So. All
0: right. So, I'm sorry. So the thing I was thinking of was actually net PC. if you remember that. Oh, that's yeah. different. Okay. But but no, but Netbooks, I, I still, uh, below a certain threshold, the Netbooks... My the criteria. So I'm with you, David. That the, uh, the if if you want to consider the uh, the MacBook Air a netbook, then yeah, it's great. The yeah. the thing that got me is the ones where if I don't have a full size keyboard, being someone that can touch type reasonably well, yeah, anything less than a full size keyboard to me is a deal breaker because then you're doing hunt and peck with two fingers.
1: Have you tried typing? You don't have an iPad because i felt it, we have we all have a especially a, those of no, us though that I'm have No, I'm
0: getting been, one soon thanks to good my benefactor. Awesome. No. Well, well, I'm uh, doing something in the workplace which requires and i also just ordered a
1: iMac 21.5 inch. Oh, good. Hey, uh we have a comment about iMac which we'll share, but um but hmm. uh the uh if we all of us that have been doing this a long time and and you and i certainly <laughs> fall into this this uh, class John uh, have these preconceived notions about what we think we need, and the full size mm-hmm. keyboard thing is, um, I, I believe, a big part of that. Because before I got the iPad, and remember, I I didn't. Think- no, no,
0: I tried it. I tried netbooks and I tried to put my fingers on them and tried to type, and I'm like, no, I I can't type at a productive speed. Did and you give yourself time to
1: adapt, though? No. I, no okay.
0: Well, that's no, that's the no. problem. Is you got it? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to adapt to. Well, the- <laughs> cramped quarters sorry <laughs> you're making my there's point just for the spacing. me yeah yeah you, uh, i'm making my point for me you're, yeah you're, and the, the, and the, that you get that the little the, keyboard uh, no I, why should you adapt why well
1: because because there's so i should change the way i type to accommodate a smaller keyboard no well, if you want the benefits of being able to travel with something that's very like, the Discomfort, the discomfort outweighed the benefit of having a. It's like you're talking like a week's computer. discomfort. I mean, it's like saying I want to use my mouse with my left hand. Okay. I'm all about comfort day in and day
0: out. <laughs>
1: Continue. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it, it, it's there are lots of things that we all uh, have to make sure we keep open minds about because. Like I said, you know the iPad is a great no, example. Technology serves my needs, not the other way around, pal. Okay, that's, that's Let's be clear. Yeah, I I agree with that. I just feel like you're you're cutting you're selling yourself short, right? By not uh by not you know attempting these things because I, I sometimes value comfort. I got gotcha. you. I value comfort too. That's actually why I I like the iPad as much as I do because it it's a comfortable device to use. But the MacBook Air has a full size keyboard, so that 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 wouldn't be an issue for you. So yeah.
2: All right, where are we? So you live in a full never full-size never keyboard? Yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, it's good. That's good. No, I uh, think Apple was wise not to delve into that space because I I think Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. No, I I agree. I agree. All right. Uh we have a question from Mike which is certainly something that uh we've talked about before, but uh but it's the kind of thing that I feel like we need to revisit regularly because we get a lot of questions about this. And uh, well, here we go. Mike says, my wife and I have iPhones. She's using my Apple ID so that we can share apps that we buy. I would like to give her her own Apple ID. Is it possible to do this and still be able to share the apps and music and movies from the App Store? I don't want to have to buy everything twice. Well, I don't blame you, Mike. And, and Apple doesn't make this abundantly clear, but they do make it relatively easy to do this. Uh, you get to have multiple apple ids configured on your ios devices as you see fit and i'm sure we could come up with a scenario that's imperfect that apple sort of forces you to use one id for one thing and and not the other but uh certainly you can have one id for the app store and a separate id say for icloud so that your app store stuff and this is how i would recommend doing it uh Have one ID that your whole family uses for app store purchases so that you never have to worry about, you know, did which ID did I buy that with? And I got to log out and log back in and that whole hokey pokey one ID for app store and then individual IDs for your iCloud stuff, your syncing, your um, contacts, your calendar, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, That's that's the way to do it. And it makes it really, really easy. And again, like I said, we've, we've covered this before, but. I, I think it's important to keep sending this message because doing it this way, you, you really can kind of have your cake and eat it too. Apple does not force you to use the same Apple ID everywhere. Uh, you, you do have some flexibility and, and it, it can help. I've got a question along those lines. Yeah, what, what,
2: what if you've, uh, what if you started along like me and I, I do have, I probably have three. No, you know what? I've got four different accounts on my, on my phone and one's for my daughter, one's for my wife. And I, I have, happen to have two of my own one with a a name and then another one with the name at me.com. Yep. And it's like, is there a way, do you know, is that will Apple let you ever merge those accounts or are you talking about for the store? Yeah. Yeah. No. No.
1: And and that's the situation I'm in now is we have apps that, My wife bought with her account and apps that I bought with mine, and and ne'er the two shall
2: meet. Yeah, and you have to know each other's passwords when you update, and you're not sure which It it, What's worse is if you want to install something on it, sorry, if you want to install something on like a new iPad, you go, well, which account did I buy that app in, huh? And the hokey pokey of of
1: logging out and logging back in is a pain. It's a pain in the neck. Yeah, so you don't want to, if you're starting out, don't head down that path. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I I agree. That'd be the ultimate way to do it. That'd be nice, but.
0: Yeah, because I've had that come up actually with apps. Sometimes is that if they're in the app store and I see them listed as purchases, and I'll click on them, it'll say, "Uh oh, oh Need your this password. account, this account didn't have anything to do with this. Could you maybe log out and log back in?" And I'm like, "Oh come on, man, you, you have you the information. <laughs> you know, really, you, you, you know summed me. it up. It's like you know it, you know me, dude. <laughs> yeah, you should, you should be able to say, all right, so these people all seem to be.'" Coming from the same address, either IP or physical, you know, based on their account info, maybe, maybe I should back off a bit on, you know, all this DRM and other stuff here and, you know, figure they're all in the same place. Yeah. Good luck. Like you said, Pete, yeah. it's me. It's just me. <laughs> it, yeah. What? You guys you know don't me? remember. <laughs> we just talked minutes ago and you can't have the
1: same credit card on file for all of them either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, oh really? Gets, you know, uh, I no, didn't notice that. I don't uh, think so, unless they've changed it. But there was the last time I tried, it wouldn't let me do. Well, i sure Oh, almost if you tried to use like the
0: same credit card on two accounts, it wouldn't. Uh, it kind I, of makes I'm sense. almost
2: sure that my daughter's no, account it has my Visa card on it, and I've got a Visa card on my
1: oh, which Visa yeah. card is this? P? Oh, maybe and that's Jameson. Right? That's number four zero two five <laughs> three. Very nice. That was actually smart because Visa cards do start with four. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Mastercards five, Amex three, Discover six. Anyway, six zero one one. Yeah, uh, you know, you mentioned that you picked up a 21 and a inch iMac, John, and uh, and we talked about this on the last show and we got a ton of email. But uh, one that that I wanted to share, it comes from uh, what amazed me, though, Dave, ben, after I ordered it and I looked at it again, either the picture
0: is not right or oh, my gosh, it's so thin. Yeah, I, I looked at it and they really come a long way here because I just, you know, I was determining, well, I wanted to get something that was relatively inexpensive. And the iMac, the basic iMac is, you know, for I think $1299, um, you know, the one terabyte drive and I think eight gigs of RAM. I mean, that's pretty good for an entry level machine because the thing is, I didn't want to fiddle with hooking up my screen to a mini. my mini, Mini would have been my other choice, but I'm like, nah, you know what? Let me get something with a screen built into it. But, you know, the basic specs look
1: really good. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing you want to stay away from to follow up on on last week's conversation. This mm. this email that I'm going to read here comes from. Uh, well, we'll call this person anonymous genius. Uh, it says a quick clarification on the twenty one and a half inch IMAX. This does not apply to the twenty seventh. Uh, I highly recommend customers buy the RAM when ordering from Apple. And I never say that the new iMacs are completely different from all the previous models, even using two and a half inch drives instead of the usual three and a half inch desktop drives. We even had to take a new certification process to perform repairs on them. The new iMacs have this new adhesive bond tape, keeping the glass display attached to the housing, which needs to be replaced every time the display is taken Uh. off and has various sizes. We no longer use suction cups to remove these displays. There's a new display tool that looks like a pizza cutter. The RAM on the 21 actually sits behind the motherboard and will definitely void any warranty coverage if brought to Apple. Perhaps they will allow authorized service providers to do the upgrades down the line. For the life of me, I can't understand why we designed it like that. The 27 inch, on the other hand, has a very convenient pop out slot with four slots. It would be easier for the average consumer to upgrade the drive, assuming they have the proper tools to remove the display, than RAM in the 21 and a half. So there wow. you go. Straight from the, the, the horse's hmm. mouth, as it were. Uh, and I mean no offense by that. Um, that's, uh, yeah, don't, if you're going to buy one and you want RAM, I'd say just max out the RAM on it. For, and, but the, the RAM prices this no. week dropped. Yeah. Right. Well, Dave, so
0: they're, they're I, not I so bad. This, I mean, the default configuration. The, so this comes with eight. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay with eight.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what we talked about last week.
0: Is eight is you know enough? It's not one terabyte drive. Uh, although it's a uh, the I didn't know. So so they're saying it's a two and a half inch drive. Right. Hmm. Yep. All right. Yeah, Boy, still, I got a with a one terabyte drive, eight gigs of RAM. Yeah, we'll see. Which, uh, which processor first did you encounter, get?
1: Yeah, the base is two point seven. The two seven, so that you get the thirteen hundred dollars one. You should have gotten yeah. a Chromebook Pixel instead, man. Yeah, <laughs> but seriously, for two hundred bucks now, uh, you can you could have upgraded to sixteen gigs. That's not that bad. I mean, it you know yes, well, it, it's two hundred bucks.
0: I'm, I'm navigating a, a purchasing. Uh, you know, of I'm course, navigating a corporate purchasing department. So, you know, yeah, and I'm just like. <laughs> The other thing is, this is an area where there aren't any Macs to begin with. So I got to make my, you know, entry, you know, not too
1: spectacular. Right. (laughs) Right. Oh, no, I I, listen. I get that. Yeah. You want to stay. It's not that you want to stay below the radar. Yeah. You want to stay off the radar. That's right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the goal here. So it's like, "Ah, I just need this one Mac for this one thing. And yeah. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) This is how it starts. This is, that's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, sponsor number two for this show is Barebones software at barebones.com. And today I get the pleasure of talking about BB edit, BB edit. Uh, if you've heard me talk about it before, you'll know it is one of those probably top five tools that I install on every Mac that, uh, that I use. I just, I, it, it is it, it's like an extension of my hands. Sometimes I'm constantly jumping to it to do different things. Now it's set purpose in life is to be a world-class text editor. Uh, if you're doing any sort of coding, be it uh, stuff in objective C or Java Certainly BB Edit is what you want to do, but also even if you're just hacking around with editing HTML or, you know, um, tweaking a JavaScript here or there, it's also what you want to do. In fact, probably uh, for beginner programmers, it really is an excellent tool uh, because it when it reads in code, it does some highlighting and formatting and coloring that allows you to see better how the code flows and how it works and it really frankly helps you understand things. Uh, it if you have functions in your code, you can actually hide the the function and roll it up into just one line. Again, none of this changes the code that's on disk, but it uh it's just a display thing. It's a filter that lets you see things in a very very easy to understand way. And of course, edit them and move things around and and you can do all your stuff. If you happen to have one of those websites that is uh, accessible via FTP, Well, BBEdit has a pretty cool feature, and it has for a long time. You can open files. It has its own FTP browser right inside it. You can open files from an FTP server. They open in a window, and if you need to make any changes, you make your changes. And then when you do a file save or a command S, it saves it back to the FTP server with no fanfare whatsoever. It just does it really, really easy. And then you can refresh in your web browser, and there it is live on the web for you. With your edits, with your undo history and all that, back in BB Edit, uh, the same goes true for the terminal. Once you've gotten BB Edit installed, you can install their free terminal tools. And from the terminal, if you want to edit a file, you just type BB Edit and the name of the file. Now it opens up, not in the terminal where you've got this, you know, VT whatever 220 emulation that you're fighting with. It's in BB Edit, normal mouse cursors, every, menus, whatever you want. Edit the file, hit save. And it saves that file uh, right back to wherever wherever it was because it's just that file. Uh, so that's BB Edit. You can check it all out at barebones.com. dot uh, They do offer a free trial there on barebones, so I highly recommend starting that way. But uh, but you can buy it from them. It's forty nine ninety nine. You can buy it in the App Store. It's forty nine ninety nine. This is uh, I mean it's been it's been this price for a while, but it used to be one hundred and thirty bucks. I think I think it was one twenty nine up until about a year eighteen months ago when they dropped the price and brought it down and man, uh, I think it's one of the, I I'm so happy they did it and I, I hope it's working out. I think it is working out for them, but, uh, but it's certainly working out for you and me. So go check it out. Barebones.com. It's only 50 bucks. And, uh, BB edit is, is one of my, one of my must have apps. I think you use it too, John. It's, uh, it's one of those things that I just love. So there you go. Moving on. Huh? Is it time, to, uh, is it time to, uh, to is it time to talk to is it time to talk to Scott, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's time really? to talk to Scott. I think so. Oh, right there. all right. No, yeah. you're skipping. OK. No, you're oh, skipping. Did I skip something? All right. Well, yeah, it's we're all right. skipping all over the place. Scott says I need some Wi-Fi advice. My issue involves Wi-Fi in my brother's 3000 square foot home. He has an absolutely terrible Wi-Fi signal using a one-year-old cable company uh, modem Wi-Fi router and various newer Wi-Fi wireless extenders. He also gets very poor cell phone signal reception in his house and probably uh, related to the structure of his house. He wants a very good Wi-Fi signal performance all over his two-story home. Secondly, and less importantly, he wants a good signal on his dock, which is 100 feet from the house. How would you do this from scratch? And would you buy new matching equipment? Would you buy all Apple equipment or not? One option was a hardwired solution. His estimate included a control desktop PC and the estimate was about four thousand seventy-five percent of that $4,000. That's a lot. 75% of that being hardware. Uh, why would he want or need this PC? Uh, alternatively, is power line a good way to go? Okay. So, uh,
0: dude, for, dude, for, for, number one, if this guy's got a 300 square foot house. I'm sure he can afford the four thousand dollar computer.
1: Come on, three thousand square foot <laughs> house, but uh, but yeah, my my house is three thousand. My house isn't all that large, huh. and it's like 3,200 oh. square feet or something. It's oh really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you've been in my house. Mine's, in, Your mine's house is not, like twelve hundred.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so when I see 3000, I think, you know, that's living in the lap of luxury. So uh,
1: Well, it's depends okay. on how Sorry. many people you have in your home. Yeah. Ah, true, true. Right. So, for one, oh,
0: probably too much, but for a family, okay, I Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, you've been to my house. I mean, it's it's big enough, oh, yeah. but it's So not although sprawling. I love a, yeah, so although I love a hardwired solution, Dave, because that's how you get the best speed right. and reliability, yep. that's expensive. So pl- how do pl- you
1: back off from that? So first of all, I can't fathom why you would need a dedicated desktop pc to do any thing even if you do want to go the hardwired route no, you get a router you get a router yeah Come on. yeah so, so gigabit switch somebody's looking to take your brother for a uh, for a bath here yeah that's yeah. but and e- even then I, I wouldn't even find another estimate to do hardwired like you said john it is the best way and if you have sheetrock down You know, before, while you're building or whatever, absolutely run wire at that point. It's cheap, cheap, cheap to do. But once, once it's up, don't try snaking through the walls and stuff. It's, there's no reason now. There used to be a reason. I've done it. Uh, Back in 98, when we bought our first house, I did it. Uh, It was, I I suppose it was fun. Uh, You ran the cat four or cat five or We ran cat five at the time. Yeah. Yeah, and it worked. And, you know, we ran it through the walls and in one place we had to use Panduit on the outside of the walls. But, you know, it was a single story home. It was a ranch house. It was actually a well built house that made a lot of things easier. But uh, it, it, there's no reason now this was pre airport, right? Pre Wi-Fi. But uh, that said, there there is a reason to use wires or something approximating them. So a couple of things for uh, to approximate the wires. Power line is, it, you know, You've all heard me talk about this. Um, I think you've used it too, John. I know Duffy uses it. I think Pete uses it in some yep. ways. Yeah. It, it's if it works for you and it'll probably work for 85 to 90% of you, maybe even more. Um, and it most likely for your brother, uh, it will work just fine. So uh, you, you plug the power line essentially takes your ethernet signal and runs it across your power wires in your house and setup is super easy. You buy two adapters or more, but at least two, and you plug one in to a power jack, presumably near your router, and you plug the other in, say on the other side of the house where you'd want to have a Wi-Fi extender, and they have Ethernet ports on them, and you just plug in, and you're done. Now, if you want to configure security and all that other stuff, then you can run software, but otherwise, it is literally that easy. Plug in, plug in in the power, plug the Ethernet into the adapter, and you're finished. That's it. Um, And I would get the... The prices are about the same now between the 200 megabit and the 500 megabit versions. I've never seen the 500 megabit versions go much faster than about 220. The 200 megabit versions go about 160, 170. So depending on what you can get price wise, but either way for your internet connection, either one is way faster than what you're getting from, uh, from your internet Mm -hmm. provider. Yeah. So I would do that, uh, as far as buying new routers and all that. Sure, if you want, but you probably can make do with your existing routers um, and just make one a bridge and all the uh, sorry, one a router and all the rest bridges um, so that they're not all trying to route the network themselves. As for his dock, This conversation uh, sort of brings up a thing we talked about recently from that uh, a company called Airstone, A-Y-R-S-T-O-N-E. They are uh, they're the ones that make the outdoor. Wi-Fi, um, long range hotspot. And I, I did some research with these people. In fact, I talked to the, the CEO for a while and he explained to me how it worked because I said, wait a minute, this thing can go a mile, uh, you know, omnidirectional outside. Why shouldn't I just use it in my house? Why am I using a regular router? If this thing can can do this, what's the magic? And he sent me a, a, a picture that explained it. But essentially, uh, these things have very little Coverage right around them and more as you get further away and the reason is uh, if you think of the Wi-Fi signal being broadcast uh, from any in any given direction now this broadcasts in all directions but in any given direction think of the Wi-Fi signal as a triangle Uh, your current like your router in the house has a very wide angle. On that triangle to start with, so you get up and down and you can be right next to the router below it or above it and and get signal. This one is a very tight angle, uh, but it's not that tight. So as you get 20 feet away, 30 feet away, that's when the coverage of this thing actually starts to spread. And that's how you get that's how they're getting the distance. So they're doing a little bit of a tighter focus on this to throw the signal further before it starts to really mature. So that's so there's no reason to use this in your house. It probably would work okay, but it's just not built for that. But for your dock, it's perfect. And uh it's it built to be outside, so you use some CAT5 cable. It's got a little enclosure, so it protects the jack and and it runs power over ethernet, so it powers itself mm-hmm. via uh you you know, you plug it in inside and then and then you get this cable outside. So, uh we'll put links in the show notes to two things. Uh Airstone was the first one we mentioned and their device is called the AirMesh Hub, but it's 324 bucks. Now, I mean compared to 4Grand, this is not so bad. But uh, they their big deal at Airstone is that they are they put software on these things that makes for building a mesh really easily. You could set up like 6 of these and they'll almost auto configure themselves to broadcast a huge mesh. So if you had I don't know what you'd want this for. I mean I can, you know, if you had a big field and you wanted coverage all over your football field or whatever, this is what you would use and you just let these things build a mesh and you're good to go. But uh, if you only need one of them, you can probably do it for 79 bucks uh from a company called Streakwave. They are and and they're it, I think they're just a reseller, but it's the same device with um, we'll call it dumber software on it, software that doesn't quite do all the meshing as well as the the Airstone stuff. But it's seventy nine bucks, and it's the exact same hardware. So, uh, so that's my uh, that's my story on that. I don't know what you have, what you what your thoughts are on this, Mr. Braun. He's got a dock too. He's got a dock. Yeah, he's, he's living large <laughs> over there. I don't have a dock. No, me neither. I would think be it's silly. silly I mean, I have no water.
0: <laughs> no, I got nothing to add here. I mean, it's a uh, you know, there's different options to, depending on how much you're willing to pay. Yep. And what speed you you want at your various uh, locations? Technology is certainly there. Yes. You know, can you uh, do something smart and save some bucks? I think is is the question. Yep. I personally, you know, we're having a little battle in the chat room here. Personally, if you can afford it. And I'll stick by this. The best solution is still get hardwired connections everywhere, Ethernet ports or, or whatever hardwired technology. But that's not always feasible because that's real expensive.
1: Well, and it also to doesn't me, necessarily make sense. I mean, if all you're doing is sharing your internet connection, you don't need the speed that that gigabit Ethernet is going to provide you. And, yeah, and there's so balance. No- the
0: balance, So it balances to get you know a good strong backbone. Right. A gigabit or fiber though i see no reason for people to get fiber these days um though a fiber isp that's another story <laughs> which uh, i don't think we're going to see anytime soon in my neck of the woods here or your neck of the woods <laughs> uh we're pretty pretty close
1: actually really they've fios got, or they've something got Fios like in portsmouth and there's a lot of talk of them bringing it here to durham yeah portsmouth not portsmouth portsmouth, portsmouth
0: new hampshire Smith, portsmouth yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to think if you pronounced it right. I don't know. I did. Yeah,
1: yeah. Get down to Massachusetts or, and talk about the town Lemonster. So. I'll go to Worcester first. But yeah, go to Worcester. That's all you need to do. <laughs> hey, did you see? I I know. Now I'm like, I'm, I know. Squirrel. Yeah. Uh, I posted a ticket. I, I found a thing. Um, uh, Wolfgang's Vault, which is the site that that has. uh, It's a membership type site. I think I paid like 20 bucks for a year. And they have live concerts of uh you know audio from live concerts and some video and I enjoyed listening to live shows every now and then and the other day they released a a show that uh from boston the band boston's tour mm-hmm. in nineteen eight nineteen eighty seven when they they uh-huh. did they did ten <laughs> shows at uh at the uh, at the Worcester centrum and they released night four and I'm thinking. Wait a minute. And so I dug through my archives and I found my old ticket stub from the show you and I went to on October 16th. Uh, sorry, August 16th, 1987. It's that show. And uh, so I just thought that was kind of cool. I'm like, wow. What? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I, I, no, I, I am right, not hold kidding on. you.
0: All right. I have a stack of tickets here. Yeah, here we go. Yours oh. is in here. Hold on. Yep. Bluefish. Nope. Nope. It was Boston,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Boston from 1987. And uh, it was August 16th. Right, I got pink Floyd at giant stadium. Did we do that? Let's see. Rush. I at didn't Madison. do that with you. Rush at, at Madison Square, Square Garden. Sia we did and
0: together. Hartford Civic Center, Almond Brothers. That wasn't me. Grateful dead. I don't have that Boston ticket. I have all these other ones. Huh. <laughs> huh? Huh? I'll dig around, but I do remember you and I go to a Boston show. Yeah, that was great.
1: Yeah. 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 So it, it be, if you can't uh, find the ticket stub, John, I will, uh I will put it, uh, in the chat room for you because I, I took a picture of mine. So there you go. And I know it was you. I mean, it it was, and, and you know, what's really funny is I think my wife, Lisa was at that same show. Obviously we hadn't met, but, uh, but I think all three of us were there. I think she was there the same night. (laughs) So it's just funny. So anyway, where were we? What (laughs) were we saying? I don't know. Your, your fault. Yeah, it is my (laughs) fault. I know. Uh, what were we talking? Where were we with this? I'm totally lost. Oh, Huh? Oh, you were talking about uh, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Oh, oh, wi- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and the backbones and all of that. I don't know how I got here. Pretty like, much. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess I, that ends the thought is, you know, get as much hardwired or high speed wireless as many places as you can. And.
1: Uh, right. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, and it depends on what you're doing with it. I mean, if all you're going to do is, is extend a wireless signal, then you don't need to go through the expense of wiring your backbone, just use power line. Uh, but you know, it's cost benefit analysis, right, John? That's, that's how it always rolls.
0: And you know, the other thing I, I think worth mentioning, because actually this came up, uh, on my Twitter feed recently, uh, the Mac mommy was talking about this. She was setting up a wireless network and was running into all sorts of headaches here so uh another aspect of this so one is getting connections where you need them but then two well what if there are you know other jerks in the area that are trying to do the same thing well then that's a problem because they may be on the same channel that you think you you own yeah or you should be on (laughs) And they don't understand this. So, uh, but no, NetSpot has actually upgraded their app. We talked about it in the past, but we'll talk about it again. NetSpotApp.com. It now includes both a site survey tool and a general purpose uh, Wi-Fi monitor. So you can see what is around you. And the best strategy is typically, well, if there are other people near you uh, on a certain channel with a certain signal strength, go somewhere else. <laughs> Otherwise, we will be fighting with each other, and you can't win this fight uh, more power. by conventional means. <laughs> well, I was going to say by conventional yeah, means, yes, you could is. certainly, uh, you know, illegally, uh, uh, I believe, increase your power, but then that—that's
1: just not playing fair. Right. Right. And yeah, you'll you'll cook your router if you do that too, uh, if you go up too far. So, a little DD work though will help you. Yeah. Start a little way. So. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Where are we going with this stuff? You want to, we got time for like one more, John. So, uh, so pick it, my friend, any of those, you know, I like the David one, the, the mysterious David one at the end there. Go.
0: Let me bring it up here. Hold
1: on. You promised them we'd talk more about the time. So that's, uh, it's about time. In fact, today we lost an hour. Someone came and stole it from me. Uh, I wasn't asleep and I watched the, it go
2: in the night. They just, mm, here, it's gone.
1: It's gone. <laughs> it was funny. I was looking in BusyCal earlier this week and I had it in week view and I'm looking, I'm like, wait a minute. What is these? There was like this, you know, no parking, uh, lines <laughs> in, in between two and 3am. Like why the heck is, I don't have anything to do for then. Why is that? I'm like, Oh, cause that doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. Right. And you know what? Yeah. It's a, I don't know if it's a fish
0: shake or whatever, but I think it's kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't understand the purpose of the change other than some people may prefer light or dark when they
1: either wake up or go home from work or well, there Well there. And, and I, I have not researched the efficacy or accuracy of these studies, but I have seen that there are studies that say that we actually save quite a bit of energy. Oh yes. All right. By pulling the, 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 the time back for an hour. People are more okay.
2: active in the evening and they don't have to turn on the lights as early. And yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. But then I see people shake their fists at things like this, similar to people to shake their fist at the whole climate change, whatever debate saying, well, I don't believe your data. Right.
1: Okay, well, yeah, probably. but it's, it, that's, that's one of those things where it <laughs> sucks. No, it sucks that it's become a political issue because if you, if you have an opinion about climate change, you know, people therefore assume what political party you're affiliated with. And it's like, well, that may or may not Correct. be true. It, you know, it's like that's two different things, but unfortunately well, it, it's not. But well, anyway, it, has, it's not what we're
0: it has been because there's no questioning that a lot of money from many sides have gone into mm. either proving or disproving. Right. Right. Uh, a part of science. So anyways. Right. right. That's right. Anyway, here we go so from who's this from is this from david david yes and i love this one okay so hi guys hope all is well the snow level has been working its way down blah 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 okay get rid of the weather stuff the reason why i'm writing to you guys deals with one of my teachers who has a strange problem with a date showing up in a window viewing in list mode see attached screenshot but basically without showing you the screenshot which i can't though i'd love to the date of 10-6-2012 shows up for every item, no matter when the file
1: was brought in or modified. That's awesome. Uh, they're working. They're working. Yeah, cool. It's, so not, it's they're, like they're he's working, not even living in the past or the future. He's living at a he's fixed stuck. moment in time. He's stuck in time. <laughs> at least within, uh, at
0: least stuck to a particular day. So yes. all the files would show up as being, I think, modified or created, I think modified on a, so they're working on a 13 inch macbook pro mid 2012 uh running 10.8.2 when i log in on this machine on my administrator account the dates are normal so i'm sure the issue resides in his account i believe that's correct another piece of information the date and time of the computer are correct it is synced to our time server at the district office here is the list of steps i did with troubleshoot and this was you know, good things. So reset reset the NV RAM, boot in safe mode, repair permissions, change ownership, or, or run a change ownership script. None of these things solve the issue. So I'm a little stumped, not knowing what to do next. And well, oh, and they also and. thanked us for. for well, they also thank us for making MacWorld just just oh, just a small time. Oh so, yeah, that's so. Somebody
1: problem. we ran into, uh, we ran into at MacWorld. We've r- we've so, run into. I think. Dave was at the very first live Mac Geekab we ever did at Mac. With that, so. That's when I remember meeting you for the first time, Dave. You, we may have met prior to that, but uh, but I certainly remember that uh, as uh, that, that was fun. It was like there was that was awesome. Anyway, yes, Mr. So, Ron.
0: So then I took a shot in the dark, Dave. So I, I whipped out the Google. I I honed my Google foo. Yes. How I did that I can't tell you, but no. so I honed my Google food and I found what appeared to be a solution. So Go. Uh, I found an Apple support article. Incorrect date or time displayed in various applications in Mac OS ten. Okay, now at first you think, well, that sounds like that covers kind of a lot of ground here, huh? So But, but, but they say here, so symptoms, if an incorrect data time is displayed in various locations, and again, they're being kind of vague here, but that they, they zoom in pretty quick. But then one of the data points in this article, uh, piqued my interest. And it was like the date modified date created, or, or I'm sorry. So one of the symptoms they talk about specifically is the date modified date created or last open values of the files displayed in the finder. Oh, well that's happening here. Okay. And then the other thing that they mentioned further in the article is that date and time formats are user account specific. So one user account may see the correct date modified on a file, for example, while another user on the same computer may see an incorrect date. Well, Dave, to me, that was too... not two strikes. Uh, I don't know what, what's the opposite of a strike, two hits, two hits right. <laughs> to me. That was two hits on the symptoms here in that it appeared because he said, and I'm so glad that he wrote in and he said, when I logged in his admin, everything was fine. And this article pretty much said, well, yeah, this problem only happens on an account level basis. So I basically sent this to, uh, sent this out as a solution. Oh, well, I'm sorry. The resolution You may be asking yourself, whoa, whoa, how do you solve this, John? And I hear you asking me this. So open system preferences. From the view menu, go languages and text uh, or international, depending on the version of OS X. Then there's a formats tab. Now, what this is meant to do is to help tune your OS to the region or locale that you're in. And basically, you want to make sure that it's set to the right region. So all right. I sent I sent the article with this advice in here and then was so pleased, Dave, that we just got today a reply back saying, OK, so I gave this advice to the person that was having the problem and they tried and said it didn't work, but they didn't follow all the steps exactly. So. Um, David <laughs> sounds like he's also a good teacher or perhaps tech support uh, uh person uh either now or in the future because he he sat down with the person went through the steps here exactly as described in the article ta-da
1: <laughs> yeah so it, it yeah yeah follow the follow the steps when uh it, it's a, it's an important thing i it happens to I, me all I the just, time yep i, skipped I just something. thought
0: it was very timely because i've been running into this at work dave so the the software that i maintain is is for the most part uh made for u.s consumers but we're getting more and more people um, although they speak English, maybe in other countries. Yep. Um, and again, I don't think it's a big—you know—a lot of operating systems or a lot of apps uh, tend to be just in English or or select languages. Here was the problem, though. So, so what happened is that in this case, the region or or whatever setting that was suggested in the article was set to a totally different region, and so what happened is even though characters may look the same, the way dates and times are represented may be different. Huh. And I can't tell you the number of times I've run into this where if the that the other issue that comes up. So one is screwing up. And you, you've seen this. I mean, you know, we have several friends across the pond. And of course, they, you know, get their uh, month and day wrong in that they <laughs> represent them the way that's different from
1: the way we do it here. Right. But although I I actually really like the way they do it because they do least to most important bit. Right. You know, we do year, month, day. No, seriously, that that makes sense. Like, why do we put the, you know, day in the middle of the thing? And that that drives me crazy, to be honest. It's much simpler to do it in, you know, a a very orderly way. We do month, day, year. What is that? I mean, come on, turn it around. One way or the other. So, so
0: in this situation, making sure the system is tuned to the locale that it's in. Uh, eliminates problems like this.
1: Yavel. All right. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Well, I believe, John, that brings us to the end or almost to the end. Of this Mac Geekab 440 here on this lovely, sunny Sunday afternoon. It's nice to have the sun out here in the, the great oh, like yeah. almost north. Oh, we got the sun. Oh, there get were an people extra hour like jogging. Yeah, that's right. We get the extra hour of yeah. sun. That's <laughs> right. That's actually true. That's right. Yeah. No, we don't. Yeah. And it's just stolen. And right. I right. think the li- it's being given back to you, Pete? The little yeah. people stole it from us in the middle All right, of the night. Next October, it'll be given back. Yes, you get it back. We're borrowing October to pay March or, yeah. I don't know, borrowing March to pay October. I don't know. Anyway, uh, if you want to contact us, feedback at com is, in fact, the, uh, the place to go. And I can verify 100%
0: that it's feedback at com. but I think Pete could also
2: chime in here. Feedback at MattGeekGab.com and 206-666-4335, which is geek.
1: Oh, look at that. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, I'm wow, telling you. The
2: top of my glasses.
1: <laughs> That's, that reminds me of Spies Like Us when he's yeah. got the uh, the patch yeah. with the cheat and all that stuff. <laughs> That's Soul Finger by the Barquays. They must be having trouble getting gigs. Um Where are we here? MacGeekGab.com for the show notes that we've all started putting together. And then John will go through and uh, put the final touches and timestamps on, which has been awesome, John. Uh, Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can Skype us to MacGeekGab, of course. John, tell them about Twitter, would you please? Tell them what they've won. The Twitters. I am John Epron. He is Dave Hamilton. He is Pilot Pete. The show is MacGeekGab, and the publication is Observer. I see, how you, I see what you did there. Facebook.com slash MacGeekGab is a great place to uh, to like us. You can find us there. John and I are there, uh, but we share tips sometimes. We post when the show is out, when the show is uh, the show notes are finished. We also use that as our uh, main point of schedule announcement. We also push it out to Twitter and that sort of thing. But uh, for the live stream at MacGeekGab.com slash stream. You know where else you push it out to? Is the app. And we do push it out to the app. You should check out the Mac Geek App app. So uh, it's available in the App Store. You get to have a couple of things. As Pete said, push notifications for when the shows come out, but also when the live stream is about to start. Uh, You can go into the app and join the not only listen to the live stream when we do it, but you can... Join the chat But really You can use the app To listen to the show Whether or not We're live streaming At the time It doesn't matter Uh, You've got all the episodes there you can navigate chapters, which is funky in Apple's app and works really well in ours. Uh, you can reply to the show. And if you're listening and you reply, it stamps it with not only the time, but the chapter you are listening to. So John and I know the context when we get your email and, uh, and it makes it easy. And your email can be text or right from within the app. You can record audio comments for us, too. So go ahead and check that out at uh, in the App Store. We'll put a link to that in the show notes, too. And I believe that does it. Uh, let's see. Yeah, well, we want to thank Michael Johnston from We Have Communicators podcast and also getappler.com for uh, turning this show into a chapterized, enhanced version. I want to thank Cashfly, dot com for providing all the bandwidth to get it from us to you. BB Edit from Barebones Software. Text Expander from Smile. Gazelle.com for all your stuff that you want to sell back. Squarespace.com for all of your easy hosting. And, of course, filetransportercom slash M-G-G uh, with coupon code M-G-G to get your 10% off. All through Backbeat Media Podcast Network. And, John... I'm looking to you here. Uh, is there any lasting advice that you might want to share with our, with our listeners today? Something perhaps that inspires you throughout your life and, and you want to impart that knowledge onto uh, everyone. as thanks, really, for listening to the show. Um, don't get caught.
0: Made up.